When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. So you think this job's just a whole bunch of fun, like 24-7. Well, it is a pretty good gig. But I'm coming to you right now from the Pennsylvania Turnpike. Good morning to you. Good Monday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. And this is Daily Shot of Penguins. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or baseball. I also offer daily shots of Steelers and Pirates in the same place that you found this. Penguins versus Flyers tonight in Philadelphia, which is where I'm headed. That's a 7.08 p.m. face-off at Wells Fargo Center. The Penguins will take an 0-for-183 streak on the power play. I'm kidding. Kind of. Not really. It's bad. I actually lost track of where it is. I want to say it's at 28 or something like that. But it's really, really, really bad. And it's so bad that it's become newsworthy. It's become a thing unto itself. Such that... After covering the Steelers' loss to the 2-10 Arizona Cardinals yesterday at Akershire Stadium, I felt compelled to witness another natural disaster on the other side of the Commonwealth. So here I go. But it is bad. Have I mentioned that it's bad? Well, if not, it's probably not going to get a lot better anytime soon. At least not based on what was shown yesterday by Mike Sullivan at the Penguins practice in Cranberry there were some changes made but they're exactly the kind of changes that you've come to expect from Sullivan and his coaching staff which is to say superficial focusing more on the name than on the result and what ends up happening well Chris Letang is back on the first unit no problem with that I've said all along I'd prefer seeing two defensemen out there. I've said all along, and I'm going back to the summertime, that I'd rather not see Evgeny Malkin at any of the points. And I also said that I loved the idea of Eric Carlson at center point. So, wait a second, they're doing what? (laughs) Okay, so this one's a little bit different. Latang was at center point at practice yesterday. Carlson was over on the left half wall. Gino over on the right. Sidney Crosby and Jake Gensel retain their spots up front. Now, there are a couple of things that I don't like about this that I want to get out of the way. One is that I really feel like Carlson is the guy who should be at center point. 
two is that Brian Rust was the player who came off the first unit. Why? Well, here I go again, but he's the name that would probably rank sixth on this list, even though Rust was by far the Penguins' most dynamic-looking forward, actually most dynamic-looking player at any position on the rink Saturday night in the 4-3 shootout loss. And that included, by the way, his work with the first unit on the power play. So he's being bumped, at least as I see it, for no reason other than the fact that he doesn't have as big a name as the other five. And if you think I'm exaggerating that or if you think I'm coming up with some low-hanging fruit answer, I can assure you that this is the precedent. This is the pattern that's been in place for a long time under Sullivan. He always feels like he needs to take care of his main guys. As a result, he has always taken care of his main guys. In turn, he expects it back, and of course, in turn, he gets it back. That's part of his coaching mechanism. I'm not even here to criticize that. I think that's just part of what it takes for a head coach to survive in the NHL for an extended period, never mind a single tenure with one team. If you've got great players on your team and you've won a championship with them, you would do well to make sure that they're on your side. And they are always on his side, just as he's always on their side. So Rust comes off. Rust was the best thing going on that power play. Last thing that I don't like about this arrangement is that there's still nothing remotely resembling a net front presence here. And please don't insult anyone by saying that that would be Jake. Yes, Jake had the nice rebound goal out of the air. and Jake can do those kinds of things in the six on five to get that regulation point the other night. But Jake is not that guy. Jake is never going to be that guy unless Jake magically starts growing in his late 20s. So you tinkered with stuff. You've, you know, toyed with putting Radim Zahorna there for one game against the Sabres. You've messed at least a couple of times with Jeff Carter there, although there's nothing left of Carter's game, certainly not his hands. And nothing's come of it. And the general manager, never to be left off the hook when you're talking about something that's become this ugly, has not made a solitary move to address this power play, which is almost single-handedly killing this team. It's as if everybody, but especially the analytics people involved, are just saying, hey, it's a matter of time. It's a matter of time. Too much talent, too many good looks, too many, oh man, I'm going to say good looks like 17 more times since they do. Good looks, good looks, good looks, good looks. That's all they talk about. We're getting good looks. That's all you can ask for. No, it's not. You can also ask for goals. You can ask for your team when they get to overtime or when they get to any kind of power play situation the way the Penguins did late in that game Saturday night to shoot the puck lower. How many times did Jake alone bang it off the glass upstairs? 
what's that gonna do? You're either picking a corner or you got nothing. And there's no in between, there's no benefit to banging it off the glass. The other team is gonna get to it 99 times out of 100 and out it goes. It's a one and done. Whereas, on at least a couple of those chances that Jake blew, he had people in front. All he needed to do was shoot it low. All he needed to do was put it somewhere along the ice where he could generate a rebound. The Penguins are terrible at this. Nobody talks about it. But there's data there to support it. It's not just about looks. It's the shots. It's the type of shots. It's the shot passes that you make on purpose hoping for a rebound for a teammate. They don't do any of this. Everything that they attempt to generate on the power play is for some pristine top shelf beauty. And even for them, those are rare because they're hard. What is this going to do to address any of that? This reshuffling or whatever you'd want to call it of the top power play unit from yesterday. What is it going to do? I have the answer to that too. And it's not exciting. The answer, well, hang on. Here's what Sid had to say after practice yesterday. You know, we got 2D out there, and, you know, we don't want to be giving up goals. You know, we obviously want to be getting momentum, but we don't want to be giving up goals. So um, hopefully that gives us, uh, you know, a little bit more peace of mind and more confidence to make plays, knowing that we've got two defensemen back there. And uh, if anything, it probably simplifies it. You know, those are guys who both have good shots, Tim and Carl. And, uh, you know, I think at, at this point, you know, it's probably the, uh, you know, the most important thing is that we just simplify it and, and find ways. Yep, there you go. That's it. It's to prevent or attempt to prevent shorthanded goals. The one thing that bugged them more than anything else about the power play Saturday night was the shorty. So they went and they addressed that by putting Latang, the superior defender out of the two, at center point so he'll be the furthest back. And they took rust off. That's it. That's your tinker. We'll see what it amounts to tonight when we come back, J1Q. And today's J1Q comes from Kate, who says, plain and simple, man, I kind of like this move. They can't be any worse, right? <laughs> I love it. That, that's pretty much what it's come to, Kate. I can't argue that. The worst thing, and this is even in-game, like within the course of the same game, the worst thing is watching the same five guys, with all due respect to who they are and what they've achieved, coming over the boards. I thought the thing that was the most galling out of that game the other night against the Flyers was when the Penguins had a couple of rapid-fire power plays in the third period. You're thinking he's absolutely going to start this second one with the second unit. He's absolutely going to do that, especially since 
the first unit had stayed out for the full two minutes, the previous one. Not that they owe it to anybody and not in the interest of fairness or anything, but just because they aren't getting a damn thing done. And I know, it. doesn't it feel weird to look at Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin, and, and even though he's new, Eric Carlson, and look at them and think, wow, you're so bad at this. Doesn't it feel uncomfortable? It kind of should. But there aren't any answers. By just rolling them out there and hoping and listening to the analytics people tell you, oh, it's just going to come. You'll see. Like magic. Here it is. This is the one. Tonight's the night. You'll see. And then it doesn't. And then... When Mike Sullivan is answering questions on this subject, it, it might be about as exasperated as I've seen him. Because on one hand, I know, and I mean I know for a fact that he believes that's the solution. He believes that just rolling them out there, maybe with a couple of different wrinkles or a couple of different looks, or more to his personality, utilizing this weakness, utilizing this ongoing shortcoming that this group has into a, a, a coaching moment, if you will, where he can say, hey, guys, you know how you haven't been listening to me for two months? Well, this is the result of that. So why don't you just do what I want you to do, which is to shoot it, go to the net for rebounds. Meanwhile, it's just not in their nature. It's not in their nature unless... They, you know, it's 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 they they see the game in which they're playing as some massive deal. This is the downside of having these guys who have already been to the mountaintop three times and, and everything. They can tell themselves this game is enormous and they can believe it. But it's just not the same. And if you doubt what I'm saying here. If you think I'm, I'm taking it a little bit too far, picture for yourself that this game tonight in Philadelphia was game one of the Stanley Cup playoffs. I know I'm being way over the top here, but hear me out. If this was game one, what would they look like? Sid, Gino, all of them. Would they be crashing the net? Would they be banging away? Would they be hacking at the goalies' pads? Would they be getting into you know, all kinds of rough stuff at every whistle? Sure. Do they want to play hard right now? I have no, no doubt that they do. It's just human nature to ramp it up. So the stuff that Sullivan wants from these guys, it's in there, but it's not going to come out. There's no chance of that in December. It's not going to happen. So what you end up needing in this scenario, and boy, am I starting to mean it when I use the word needing in this context, is a net front guy. Get yourself a real live net front guy. I keep using Patrick Hornfist as the example and that's because everyone in Pittsburgh knows what he meant to this team, especially when he arrived. Changed everything. But I could throw others out there. Chris Kunitz was one of those before Hornquist. 
believe it or not, Cooney, for not a big guy, 5'11", was a terrific net front guy. Uh, tough to move, really stubborn, really uh, an agitator there, and just had a, a way with his hands, especially when he first arrived. Man, he was scoring goals in big bunches. They were all from like five feet away. These players exist. They're not cheap. Everybody wants them. It's everybody's dream every summer. It is, oh, can we just get one of the Kachuk brothers? That'll solve everything. And you know what? You just saw with the Panthers' run to the final that it, it can look like that. You know, he was unstoppable. Matthew Kachuk was. There were games where he looked like he was the best player on the planet, you know? But you can't do nothing. You can't look at this glaring hole in your entire operation. It's not like it's a spot on the depth chart. It's something that affects a critical facet to everything that you need to do. The Pittsburgh Penguins absolutely, unequivocally need to have an elite power play to contend. Not a good one, not a very good one, not a great one. Elite top five and that's not going to happen with this set of personnel I appreciate the question I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Penguins going to do another one of these tomorrow maybe I'll be driving back when I do that one